0: Welcome to the No Meh Movies Podcast. How many times have you heard a movie is alright, it's average, it's just okay. If you ask your friends if you should see it and they say, meh, I'm Davey Barris and he's Darren Cross. And on this show, we'll break down and review these movies and decide once and for all if these meh movies are good or bad and whether or not you should watch them. Because on this show, there are no meh movies. Now, of course, for a movie to qualify as meh, it must be between 40 and 60 on the tomato meter or 4 and 6 on IMDb. And the movie we are doing this week in honor of Jumanji, the next installment in the Jumanji franchise hitting theaters, we were going to do a jungle movie. And so this week we are not doing George of the Jungle. Because if you didn't listen to the very end of last week's episode, let me tell you what happened. We got a half hour into it and decided it's really terrible. (laughs) To the point where I could not physically sit and watch any more of it. So I texted Darren and we called an audible. And this week we watched and we are reviewing and we're discussing Mowgli Legend of the Jungle. Which scores a 52% on Rotten Tomatoes and scores a 6.5 on IMDb. Should give them a spoiler warning. Spoiler warning for Mowgli, The Jungle Book, anything associated with Mowgli's story. In case it's been a while since they've seen it or they've never seen it before, because it came out a year ago. Yeah, it's pretty fresh. (laughs) Give us a quick synopsis. What is Mowgli Legend of the Jungle about?
1: If you're familiar with The Jungle Book, you probably have a pretty good idea of what this movie's about already. But essentially, Mowgli gets stranded from his family and tribe, I guess would be the best word for them, when he's a baby because they get attacked by Shere Khan, who is the protagonist of the film, who is a tiger. So he ends up getting adopted, essentially, and raised by wolves and... He gets to a point where we're, we're not exactly sure. I don't think they ever say his age, but he's old enough to sort of start identifying and asking questions about where he's from. And he's getting to the point where he needs to prove himself as a wolf. And he struggles with that because he's actually a human. So the story about him kind of finding himself where he fits in and then kind of all the crazy jungle things happening around him.
0: Thank you for that synopsis. Now it's time to ask our first question of Mowgli, Legend of the Jungle. Darren, were you entertained?
1: I was entertained by this movie. It was pretty intense, actually. This movie uh, had a fair amount of violence. Um, There was a lot of action. The story was decent. I mean, it wasn't anything surprising because they they kept pretty close to the original. So I kind of knew what was coming to it in a sense. But yeah, I would definitely say I was entertained. I thought it was the acting was good enough, the action was good, the story was engaging enough that I, it kept me entertained.
0: I will agree, I was very entertained by this movie. You are right that this movie is dark and gritty and that's something that the director Andy Serkis is very proud of. Like he was he was out there saying this is a PG-13 movie. This is not the Disney movie. We are doing something different here. And you said they kept to the story. Uh, The story most people are probably familiar with is the Disney animated version that came out years ago. There's actually even further source material because it's from a series of books. Again, we find ourselves in a series of books. And it seems like this movie kind of pulls from the first three books uh, or short stories within that The Jungle Book. So, yeah. So, it, it does stick close to its source material in the fact that these characters are a little darker and grittier than you'd find in disney and we're gonna talk a lot we're gonna bounce back and forth between disney and this netflix version and uh, andy circus again says uh, there's no singing in this one like he's <laughs> he's proud of the fact that they made a dark gritty movie and he did a good job with it because i was entertained i the action the pacing was all very intense and yeah it's it's hard to look away from this movie not to mention both this and 2016's Jungle Book were both technological experiments. And I think that alone kept me entertained. I was glued to some of the visuals to see, like, what's the fur going to look like, the facial expressions of the characters. It's something that we'll get into as we continue it through the podcast, but that alone kept me entertained. Cool. All right, Darren. Now, the next question we ask of these meh movies is, Is did the movie do what it was supposed to do? I know you have a way of looking at this question. I'm actually gonna have a a slightly different way of looking at it this week, but I want to hear your answer first. Did the movie do what it was supposed to do?
1: I usually look at it from like a genre standpoint, and so for the most part what I was finding is they classified as like action adventure. On the action side, definitely. Adventure side, it's more of an I would call it more of like an internal Adventure, right? So it's an adventure maybe in our eyes because we think that being raised by wolves would be an adventure, which it certainly would be, but it would only be an adventure because we know otherwise. In Mowgli's eyes, he doesn't know otherwise. So it's not an adventure, it's just growing up. It's just normal, right? Which you someone might argue isn't growing up as an adventure, but sure,
0: yeah. I I guess you could you could literally take this script and plop it on a playground right. and probably tell the same story.
1: Right. I think it did do what it was supposed to do um, thematically because a lot of, if you go back again to like the source material, a lot of what these books were supposedly about were about sort of like abandonment or like fostering and kind of finding yourself when you don't have an identity or feel like you don't have an identity. If they were trying to capture that, I think it did for the most part do what it was supposed to do. I do think that it, even though they, the director is proud of it, and, and maybe they kind he tried to warn people going into this. A lot of people probably felt it didn't do what it was supposed to do in the sense of it being a little bit more like the warm-hearted Jungle Book that people were more used to. So I think a lot of it had to do with the expectations you had going into seeing this movie.
0: Speaking of those expectations, that's kind of where I'm going to pick up, because This movie was trying to do something, like I said earlier, from a technical standpoint. So, you know, when I asked, did this movie do what it was supposed to do? I'm asking, did it bring this jungle world to life? Did it bring these animals to life? This time, using human actors in mocap suits to bring these animals to life. The answer for me is definitely yes. We can debate the, the success of the mocap and stuff like that when we get into successes and failures but it definitely brought this world to life like looking at my screen i believed i was in the jungle i believed all the animals i believed the acting that was happening in front of the screen so from that technical standpoint of what they were trying to accomplish this movie definitely did what it was supposed to do it's visually stunning
1: can we real fast for people that maybe aren't familiar can you explain what mocap is
0: Sure, so motion capture is a technique that has been used for uh, maybe the last 15 years or so. I think The Phantom Menace might have been, with Jar Jar Binks, might have been the first movie to try it. I could be wrong, or at least on that scale, on a a big blockbuster Mm -hmm. release. Andy Serkis is the one that has basically perfected it. He played Gollum in Lord of the Rings. He played Caesar in Planet of the Apes. And in this movie, he plays Baloo the Bear. And the way the technology works is you're wearing a camera on your face. And not just a camera, you're wearing like a whole camera rig and lighting rig. And it's kind of this like headpiece that wraps around and really gets a close-up look at your face. And then you have these dots usually black dots kind of taped or glued on all around your face really I'm sure they've done the science on where the motion points of the human face are to you know put all those dots in the right spot and so when you see Bolu's face or Bashira or Khan's that's really a human's face the way the eyebrows move you know or the way the jaw uh, the jaws and the cheekbones move the nose flinches, the nostrils flare. That's all being done by an actor on camera. Then, of course, they're using computers to then generate the bear or the panther or the lion around that and using that same motion to move the face of the now-created animal. So that's motion capture. And it's interesting because the, the Jungle Book version didn't do that. What they did is they had actors come into a studio and do voiceovers and then they created, completely digitally created the entire animal, including the movement of the face and the eyes and the mouth. Mm -hmm. So it's something I'm going to say for successes and failures, but that is a little bit about how motion capture works. Excellent. You are welcome, sir. So, Darren, before we get into our successes and failures, we got to talk about this cast because, come on. I got to give it up to both versions of Mowgli and Jungle Book because they both have excellent cast. Yeah. We've got Rohan Chand as Mowgli, Mowgli. <laughs> Andy Serkis as Baloo, the bear, Kate Blanchett as Ka, the snake, Benedict Cumberbatch as Sher Khan, the tiger, Christian Bale as Bagheera, the panther, Naomi Harris as Nisha, one of the wolves. I think the rest of these next few are wolves. Jack Rayner as Brother Wolf, Peter Mullen as Akia, Eddie Marsan as Vihan, Tom Hollander as tabac- Tabaki, the hyena.
1: It's a good try, I think.
0: And then our two human actors who kind of get credited in this movie, Matthew Reese as John Lockwood, the hunter, and Frida Pinto as Mesua, his, uh, the woman who, once he makes it to the village, takes care of him. I want to say his mother figure, but kind of. Kind of, yeah. So, Darren, out of that cast, that phenomenal cast, who do you got? Who brought it the hardest? Who's your top performer?
1: So I ended up going with uh, Rohan Chand, who plays Mowgli. Mowgli. He really loves saying
0: that. It's such a fun name to say. Everyone try it at home right now. Mowgli. (laughs) I thought he did a great
1: job. I mean, he was... Arguably, like the most was asked from him, you know, as as of all the of all the cast. And he did a a good job of expressing emotion. And I think that's really what hit it home for me was that he was in a lot. He went through a big range of emotions throughout this movie from like happy to sad, to devastated to kind of like catatonic at points. And I thought he did a really good job executing all of those and played that that confused boy character who's like in a situation where he doesn't quite understand what's going on but he's doing the best he can I thought that he really kind of brought that to life if I had to pick one it would be him
0: yeah and you're right he definitely had the biggest challenge of all these actors which is interesting anytime you do a story like this you're asking your youngest actor your you know most inexperienced person on set to do the hardest work and carry the biggest load right that's a lot all right, I'm gonna give my top performer to Christian Bale, all right. who played the Panther Bagheera. Man, he, the uh, Andy Serkis and some of the behind the scenes stuff talked about his voice and how uh, I think in the books or something like that, Bagheera's voice is described as honey, <laughs> and Christian Bale really, really delivered that. Like when he's all those scenes where he's having heart to hearts with Mowgli like you really feel the emotion his voice is so soft for an animal that is so vicious and yeah, deadly yeah and I, it's always been a fun thing about bagheera's character because you would think of all the animals in the jungle the black panther would be the one that a kid would be most scared of right it's a little bit i mean it it it, hi- it hides in the shadows it it kind of uses its stealthiness to move through the jungle
1: Right. Generally, people are already scared, especially kids, of the dark. So yeah. when you put it like a ferocious creature in the dark.
0: <laughs> yeah. And yet Bagheera is always kind of the most heartwarming character in 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 any of these, any variations of this movie. He's the one that kind of ch- comes in and saves the day. He's the one you're happy to see. And I thought Christian Bale brought a lot of warmth to him as his, you know, big brother. I thought it was a really great performance.
1: Cool. Yeah, I, I I dug the voice for sure. It was a good good voice. And when you when you said it sounded like honey, it made me think of that episode of The Office where they play the murder game and they have to talk like they're from New Orleans. <laughs> talk like you're from New Orleans. It's like mo- hot molasses coming out of your mouth.
0: <laughs> but, I don't know. <laughs> there you go. We all have random thoughts that pop honey, into our minds. Molasses, yeah, no, it's fair. <laughs> So, Darren, that moves us into successes and failures. And if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to start with kind of that question that I was starting to work up to earlier. And that's this question between motion capture and a fully CG animal, creature. Darren, what did you think of the way these animals, the way their faces work, the way their faces, the faces move? Do you think this worked as motion capture versus some other things which might be fully cg things we've seen in other movies and i'm specifically of course thinking back to 2016's jungle book yeah yeah. i've seen it darren hasn't but what did you think of the way the motion capture worked
1: i'll use an example so first first off i'll just say kind of across the board that i liked it and i thought it worked pretty well i'll use Bagheera as an example of it so why I think it works well is it catches more of, like, the really subtle movements that you don't necessarily think about until you're seeing them happen in front of you. So, like, one thing that I, I noticed a lot was, like, Bagheera's eyes, just like, you know, I have two cats in my house. That's you know, same, same family. <laughs> <laughs> Panthers, cats, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes they just kind of half close their eyes for like no good reason. And then they open them up again and just like, like little small details like that. And I don't know enough about mocap to say like, Oh, well that was Christian Bale doing that. Or it was what they did on the computers afterward. I don't know. But like th- there were small little details. And then other, the other one that caught me a lot too was the way they were able to work in the shimmer of his fur with the movements that he was making right so especially then shots that were at night where you see him like all right you're in the jungle if you're not under a tree canopy there's probably a huge ass moon in the right because it's like you have no light pollution right so everything is very clear so the movements of Bagheera, were like you would what you would assume is the moon reflecting off of him was so cool and so I don't know if you could accomplish the same thing without using mocap, and I'm sure you could accomplish something similar. But it looked very smooth and very realistic, at least with Bagheera. And I, I mean, like I said, I think across the board, but specifically with Bagheera, I noticed that it it was pretty it was pretty well done.
0: I'll say that the emoting works worked best for me on apes or monkeys and the snakes. Now, apes, I'm kind of going back to Planet of the Apes, which Andy Serkis did right. playing Caesar obviously their facial structure is most similar to ours because we evolved from them yeah and yeah that's right i'm standing by that <laughs> and
1: we're about to talk about religion for the next 3
0: hours <laughs> <laughs> and i think something about the snake's face too the muscle structure just seems to work with the way our muscle structure works for the panther and the tiger i'm kind of giving it a like a maybe like a like a it was like halfway there like i definitely think that the feline face moves um i could see some of those movements and they felt real for the bear and the wolves I, I i don't know it was just it was a little too human the movements yeah for the animals and
1: what threw it off for me too with the with the wolves i'll say is i didn't like i i don't know what their constraints are with so if they do the mocap what their constraints are of of then forming the animal face but some of the wolves look more like a kangaroo face than a (laughs) than a wolf face to me like it was like the snouts were too narrow or I don't know some of them were just like it doesn't really look like a wolf yeah I don't know but that's that's just what hit me initially when I started when I saw some of them
0: maybe they soften the features a little bit to make them seem more friendly because they're supposed to be taking Mowgli in. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, so uh, overall, I'm going to say as cool as it was to use motion capture to do this, I actually prefer 2016 Jungle Book and the fully digital animals. Uh, Yeah, I think they might emote less in their face, but... I think there was less of an uncanny valley there where I'm starting to see the human face bleed through what's supposed to be an animal's face. And for anyone who doesn't know the uncanny valley, it's a concept where um, something artificial looks real up until a point and then there's like a drop off. And they call a valley, if you were to graph it, I guess, yeah. of believability or acceptability by the brain. Yeah. So you get to a point, and then you reach this valley where, like, your brain can't. You're like, no, nope, something looks off. Something is not real here. Right. And your brain starts to pick up on that. So, yeah. And then with the the actual movement, then, of the animals, I think they were so focused on the faces that I put down a fail for me. Some of the wide shots of like the pan- of Bagheera running with Mowgli on his back, it just looked a little jumpy or lurchy a little bit in the movements. And I saw that a couple times in wide shots. And then day versus night. Like, most of the time when you have a big CG battle, it's at night because you can hide things with shadow. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to animate using shadows. Right. When in daylight, when everything's exposed... You start to pick up on, you know, maybe that Furden ripple right, or maybe something else. So, I think, I mean, the climax of this movie is during the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will tell you that Jungle Book 2016, the climax is at night. So, yeah, I think I think they struggled a little bit with some of the daylight stuff. I like the way the, the light reflected off the animals, but sometimes it was almost uh, maybe a little too crisp, a little too bright. Okay. And, yeah, so... That's right. how I feel. I, 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 I think it's amazing what they're able to do, but I would prefer, prefer the other way of doing it mm-hmm. for this. Cool. All right, Darren, what do you got in successes and failures? I'll start with a success. I think whether it was supposed
1: to be a theme or not, I don't think it's necessarily one of the main themes. It is a theme, but I feel like this movie and maybe just the Jungle Book in general- his like a great example of why humans and wild animals should not get involved with each other <laughs> <laughs> it's like only bad things can happen <laughs>
0: for the most part yeah <laughs> so we, there is no place for us in the code of the jungle and the law of the jungle right
1: right you just we just we just think about things differently and make decisions differently <laughs> just the worlds don't work together <laughs> They can coexist, but not co Whether they're trying to do that or not, that's something I took away, and I thought that was successful.
0: All right, so another theme uh, of this movie, if we're on themes here, uh, we got to talk about fitting in, and we got to talk about bullying. So Mowgli struggles in both the human world and the jungle world to fit in. Like you said before, he can't run like the wolves – Baloo tries to teach him to run like a human And act like a human Use his hands And But then we also have another character, Boots One of his friends, one of his brothers Who also is having trouble fitting in He's an albino, he's a little bit of the runt of the litter Clearly mm-hmm. And the other wolves bully him And he just takes it And no one really stands up for Boots The whole movie He stays surprisingly
1: optimistic though
0: Yeah Which is really heartbreaking. Yeah, I know, right? And then even when he gets to the man village, the kids there are bullying him. I don't know, eventually they accept him, but they start by bullying him. That's their first interaction. Yeah. They're throwing stones at him in a cage. Sure. So this movie brought this up. I don't know if it did enough to actually address it. Like, there's never like a... Like a come to justice moment with his brother Wolves, where they're like, "Oh, Mowgli, we're so sorry, we were bullying you. Like we were totally in the wrong, and we shouldn't bully people." <laughs> <laughs> There's never a comeuppance or anything for for anyone who's a bully in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then the way they treat Boots, it's it's messed up. Like he never gets any redemption or or any anything good to happen to him and then eventually we find out he's killed by the hunter which <laughs> was, is not, was not a good story morbid. for morbid no so yeah so i mean i, I gotta give it a fail because he didn't
1: feel like it was resolved
0: yeah, yeah that's a big thing to leave out there and not come back to
1: okay it'd be interesting i i wonder if there's parts of these stories that haven't been explored more in pop culture that address those things more i gave a fail to a big picture i thought the movie was too violent Mm. i know this is what the director was going for it was very much intentionally pg-13 i don't know i think i think you could have accomplished the same thing with being like less graphically violent Some people would be like, oh, well, maybe I wasn't going trying to be a commercial success. I'm just trying to do art or what. You know, I get it. That's I get it. I get it. But you have to think of the audience that's going to want to see this movie. Right. And so you might be like in this weird middle ground of like parents are like, oh, I don't want to take my kids to see this because it's a little much. And then you have adults that are like, oh, this is still kind of a kid's movie. You know, I'm not saying that this is what it is. I'm saying perception. So for me, I feel like you kind of have to like go one way or the other to more of the extreme and then have it be that. I think it was a little too in, in the middle. And so you found you ended up with this kind of like too violent for some, not violent enough for others situation.
0: Fair enough. The counterpoint to that, I did give a success to a little bit of the scariness of the movie, my favorite scene is probably when Mowgli's swimming in like a little pond or something mm. like that, and Shere Khan comes to basically clean his mouth and drink water after a kill. Yeah. And Mowgli's at the bottom of this pond, and he kind of hooks his foot around a log to keep himself down there, and you see the blood wash off of Shere Khan's face. It was a cool scene, for sure. It's, it's terrifying, and that, I mean, that CG was incredibly well done. Yeah. And so, I, all right, I will I will agree that I maybe the violence didn't need to be there, but I did. I liked some of the darkness. Okay, I I did like that they went dark in this movie. Yeah,
1: and I think that's that there is a, a place for that because I think it's a little bit of trying to communicate like the real wild is not a happy friendly place. Like it's it's pretty much kill or be killed kind of situation. <laughs> Yeah, that's- so, so I think that's probably part of what you're they're trying to they're trying to capture was like this is reality, like right.
0: Okay, so with all that, I have to ask you this question. Okay, I know you you may not have seen 2016's Jungle Book, but I know you know the Jungle Book. Yes. Do you prefer Fun Baloo <laughs> or Serious Baloo? The thing of, well, Fun Baloo. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> prefer Fun Baloo.
1: I like that they gave. I don't know if it's like accurate to the books or what, but for me, having a British accent makes you more fun <laughs> so, <laughs> or whatever kind of – I think it was British. I think it's supposed to be British, wasn't it?
0: In, in which one? Which version? In this one. Oh, yeah. Most of these actors are British. Right. Right, yeah.
1: right, right. Yeah. So it's supposed to be a British accent or is a British ac- accent. Yeah, yeah, That automatically makes it a little fun to me. <laughs>
0: was definitely doing, like, a like a World War II British drill sergeant-like yeah. kind of voice, yeah.
1: But I very much prefer But it, but it, I'm glad they didn't do it, because it wouldn't have fit, being that, like you said, they're trying to make this a darker movie. If he was, like, we were like oh, ba-do, ba-do,
0: ba-do, ba-do. I, mean, I don't know if it would have worked out. <laughs> it's great blue impression, by the way. <laughs> I mean, Bill Murray was our last Baloo. He was the Baloo in 2016, so you've Bill Murray doing his lackadaisical (laughs) Bill Murray versus, you know, very much a lazy bear versus Andy Serkis doing his drill sergeant blue. I mean, that's (laughs) some contrast for you. Yeah. I mean, I like fun blue, too. I mean, uh, anyone, I dare anyone to think back to the original Disney animated jungle book. And what's the first thing you're going to think of? You can think of blue. You're going to think of bear necessities. You're going to think of them floating down the river together. Like... I mean, that's like, maybe there's a couple of King Louis fans that really like that song, but for the most <laughs> part, you're gonna think of Baloo. He's just too lovable and nice. And and you know what, Andy Circus, he's got a little bit of as as tough as he is in this movie. There's a lovable side to him a little yeah. bit. Baloo will always be have a warm place in our hearts. Yeah, I think I might actually prefer uh Pilot Baloo from the cartoon Tailspin. <laughs> is that supposed to be the same person? I think it's. Let's fact check this really quick. But I'm pretty sure it's Baloo the bear. Yeah, it's it's characters adapted from Disney's 1967 animated feature, The Jungle Book. <laughs> Baloo the pilot, including Baloo, including Shere Khan. Hmm. So yeah, nice. I love Tailspin. <laughs> Best cartoon theme song <laughs> of all time. It's pretty good. Bring it, Ducktales fans. <laughs> I'm sticking behind Tailspin. All right, Darren. You got anything else in successes and failures? Another failure that I had, and this might not be
1: fair because it's unavoidable based on this story. Like, I I don't know how you would. It would be a super challenge to do it in any other way. But you lose some of the contrast that is sort of being painted between man and beast when they all talk the same language. Right, like when they when they all speak the same, they don't know it. Right, they don't know, but we know it as the as the viewer that okay, they all talk, they all speak English. Right? So, yeah. So, so you you kind of automatically lose a little bit of that because you in if you think of when Mowgli gets captured and he's in that cage, he's kind of freaking out, doesn't know what's going on reacting very much like a wild animal being caught would be, but he understands everything that is being
0: said. I don't think he does. I think he does. No, I think he's reacting more to their motions and their, and the things they're doing. But how would he, why would he not understand? I think the hunter even makes a jo- says something like, you don't understand what I'm saying, but you're a fast learner or something like that.
1: But are we to assume that he doesn't or that he's just pretending? Yeah. That he doesn't? So
0: I have this down for my quick picks. What language does Mowgli speak? <laughs> okay, good. So yeah. that's where,
1: that's where we end up.
0: <laughs> Cuz yeah, so he, he I think he understands the animals. What language are they speaking? English? <laughs> Animal English? The queen's English. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I mean it's pr- it's probably not necessarily the fairest fail because I don't I don't know how you put this movie together otherwise i mean it could i mean
0: i mean what would have been interesting is if the humans were all speaking whatever language is native to that region of india right and Mowgli, and we may subtitle it yeah but yeah you know make us feel just as out of place in that world as Mowgli should right right
1: yeah so i don't don't know i don't know the answer to that but it it just sort of was like it kind of screws everything up but anyway what else you got? Anything else?
0: Yeah, I got one more fail and it's the ending of the movie. The the final battle and just how everything wraps up. It felt rushed. It felt very rushed. I mean, do I need to see a boy and a tiger have like a drag out like marvel-sized fight to end their movie? No. No, I don't. <laughs> but just his motivation to finally kill Sher Khan and to talk the elephants into helping him and kill the hunter and then take over the position, you know, as the leader of the jungle, the protector of the jungle. It just, I, I guess at the end of the movie, he's the head of the wolf pack. I guess. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It just felt really rushed. He never checks in with his wolf parents. I don't think his wolf parents show up again at the end of the movie.
1: Yeah, maybe not.
0: And it's an aggressive ending. I mean, he straight up picks a fight with Shere Khan. Basically, he calls him out right near the human village, which is weird. I expect him to, like, go into the jungle. No, he's right on the edge. It did feel
1: rushed. I'll give you that. It felt like the movie, like, wrapped up in, like, five minutes.
0: Yeah. All right, Darren, that's enough about what we thought of this movie. Let's hear a little bit from our Rotten Tomatoes critics, because I am sure they've got all sorts of fun things to say about this movie. What are you feeling this week, my friend? You feeling fresh or you feeling rotten first? Let's go fresh. All right, our fresh reviews. This is a simple one, but it's an important question we, we have to ask. Kevin Mayer from the Times UK simply says, the best Mowgli yet. Where does this Mowgli rank on your definitive list of Mowglis? I know he was your top performer.
1: Yeah, I guess he's probably the most realistic Mowgli if that's what you're going for if you're going for realism here this is how a person raised by wolves would be minus the English speaking <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's probably like most realistic you know your, your original Mowgli was like pretty much like a happy camper not always not the whole movie but for the most part he was sort of just like doo, hanging out with blue <laughs> yeah I think that's fair what do you think
0: So Mowgli from 2016 is a much more, it's the same vein as the tone of the movie, a much more happy-go-lucky kid. And he's happy to be around the other animals, and he's happy to mess around with Baloo, and even gives the monkeys, you know, the King Louie the benefit of the doubt. I I think I kind of like that Mowgli. I think this Mowgli is a better actor. Mm Mm-hmm. But just like I liked a happier Baloo, I think I like a little bit happier Mowgli. <laughs> All right,
1: fair yeah, enough. That's okay. just
0: maybe I've been Disneyfied too, you know, too <laughs> yeah. much. But
1: you did say that you've already have Disney Plus. <laughs> I do. Yeah, to
0: so keep up with the Mandalorian. <laughs> Next, fresh review. This comes from a frequent contributor on the No Meh Movies podcast. Even though I doubt he knows it, Brian Lowry from CNN.com. He says, and this is an important topic that I wanted to get to, and I'm glad Brian's bringing it up for us. This is one of those happy occasions where the Netflix model allows a project that might have been lost in the theatrical wilds to find its place in the circle of life, albeit on a lower tier of the jungle canopy. Okay, so throw out all the terrible jungle puns that he just threw in there. I liked them all. (laughs) (laughs) This movie was originally going to have a theatrical release. Yeah. I believe it was produced by Warner Brothers. Yep. It was originally scheduled to be released in October 2016. They got delayed for some visual effects, and they got delayed even more to create space because Disney released their version of The Jungle Book in April of 2016. So they ended up pushing this back all the way to 2018, and then they were struggling kind of what to do. Do we distribute it? And eventually Netflix jumped in. And said we want to release it on our platform, so it's it was released in a couple of theaters, and you know they do that L A. New York thing, yeah. but primarily most of us we have seen it on Netflix. So I mean, what do you think of kind of the journey this movie took to get to our screens?
1: Yeah, I think his point is a good one that there's there might be a. Netflix or a streaming service of some sort might be a better platform when you have a director or a writer or whatever trying to do something that is a little uncertain or a little edgy and maybe not a slam, not necessarily a slam dunk, quote unquote. Yeah. So, so I think he's right in that. And that I think that's also the benefit of like streaming stuff is that you have this weird array of like every kind of movie you can imagine that you would probably wouldn't otherwise see if we were just still in the days of strictly you can only see movies in movie theaters or rent them from blockbuster or whatever so i think it's a fa- i think it's a fair assessment of that it being if, if it was a full-on theatrical release maybe the response wouldn't have been the same
0: i am curious what this looks like on the big screen I mean, uh, so, I've talked about this before, but I, I have a dog, and if he were to see any of these animals on my TV, he would freak out and bark insanely at the TV. <laughs> so, I was forced to watch this on my iPod, or I was forced to watch this, <laughs> not my iPod. Man, that must
1: have been rough. <laughs> my iPod video <laughs> shuffle. I'm watching two and a half by two and a half screen. <laughs>
0: So I was forced to watch this on my iPad with, you know, some headphones on. And, uh, you know, it's all good stuff, good screen and good headphones. It sounded great, but I do wonder what this would have looked like on my 65-inch TV, and I wonder what it would look like on a movie theater screen. Yeah. Yeah, so those New York and L.A. viewers that got to see it on the big screen, maybe they thought something different of the motion capture than we did. Because, I mean, by the time I'm down on my iPad, I'm pretty up close and personal with what's happening there. True. However, with that being said, I I am really glad that streaming services are giving a chance to some of these movies. And like you said, uh, you know, getting lost in the shuffle or something like that. I only have so much I can spend on movies a year, right? Going to the theaters and seeing movies. Yeah. And I tend to save it for the big things. I know I, if I tell my wife a new Star Wars movie is coming out, I can convince her to go to the movies with me. <laughs> if I tell her, hey, I want to see this, you know, adaptation of a horror movie that's, you know, an experimental film, she's going to be like, do you really need to spend $10 on that? Like yeah. Maybe just wait till it comes out on Netflix. So here in this situation, something coming out of Netflix, it makes it accessible. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Time to take a look at some of those rotten reviews. Peter Bradshaw from The Guardian. His run of view is so we trudge back to the uncanny valley for another bout of ultra realistic animation. No songs at all now, and not much fun. <laughs> now we've talked enough about the animation and the and the mocap. Did you miss the music?
1: <laughs> it's hard to redo something when the original was successful because that's that's what you're competing against. If if the first thing is like something that is overall pretty well received, then people are going to come in thinking about like, oh, they 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 have an expectation of of some sort. Despite what you tell them ahead of time or the preview that they see or whatever. So, and I think he's saying that it, it has slowly progressed from where it once was and so the 2016 it was a little bit less and they then...
0: strip it back to like <laughs> humming a song and singing one song right yeah
1: i think i would say i did miss it a little bit there's definitely some charm to it that i that i missed
0: so when i think of the jungle book i'm going to start humming the bare necessities right i'm going to start singing it but once the movie started i don't think i did miss it i was so interested in Technically what they were doing, that I was I was completely locked in and invested in what was happening in this movie and not thinking about the music, not thinking about the songs we were missing out on. Okay. So yeah. I gotta say, and once I saw the new Baloo and I, I kinda got on board with what Andy Circus was doing, yeah, I I didn't miss the music while I was watching it. Now thinking about it later, yeah, I want to go hear those songs again, <laughs> you know? I might be whistling it, you know, on my way to work tomorrow, but Yeah. All right. In the moment, I was okay with it. All right. Our last run review. This is interesting from Kate Erbland from IndieWire. Kate says, Mowgli abandons all sense of wonder and opts for a dark weirdness that will likely turn off audience members of all ages, while scarring a few of them along the way. Ooh. So, Darren, this is a story about a boy. Based on books for children i don't know what the target audience was of the original books you know based on an animated movie that was definitely for kids like what do you think that i mean it's pg-13 but how young of a kid would you show mowgli to
1: i think it's probably the age is probably pretty decent like maybe like 13 to 15 somewhere somewhere in there but i see i see what she's saying that can you communicate the themes without it being so dark and I guess you you can, but I don't know. That's not what the, this movie was trying to do. You know, this movie had a goal of being darker. And I think Mowgli's character was in line with that. So maybe that's just not what she was wanting out of this movie.
0: There was violence in this movie, but nothing I don't think kids haven't seen already in The Lion King and in the other Jungle Book movie. I... I I kind of think that maybe over 10 could probably handle it. I have a feeling I'm going to be one of those parents that shows movies to my kids at way too early of an age. (laughs) Like, some kids come out of that, like, great. Like, they come out of it like huge cinephiles, right, and have this huge appreciation for film. And probably others come out a little bit scarred and damaged. (laughs) Thinking positive, though. (laughs) Thank you very much, critics. It's time for us now, Darren. Darren. Take a break from talking about this movie and pitch a sequel. <laughs> if we're going to stay in this dark, gritty world, okay. what do you want to see from a Mowgli, I almost said Jungle Book, from a Mowgli
1: sequel? The only thing I could really come up with that I thought might be interesting, some of the rules of the jungle as they're told to us, for the most part, kind of like trying to leave humans alone leave man alone because if you mess with man or man's stuff then it's only bad news for the animals it's only bad news for the jungle but as we know man can be very greedy and go after things unprovoked so the movie i was gonna pitch am gonna pitch is we go a little further in time Mowgli's a little older and without being provoked there's like a big Push for development into their jungle area, and they find a need to defend their jungle. But they're not going to result to killing man. But they're going to have to be creative in ways that they're going to make man not want to be there or not do what they're going to do. And so, sort of, I guess, more of like an environmental story or like a conservation kind of story, but with action and drama and things like that, something along those lines.
0: All right, that's that's a pretty interesting pitch. I I like that you kind of picked up on some of the themes, too, and carried on themes throughout your sequel. Thank you. One of the things that I noticed is that they talk about at the end of this movie that there's finally peace in the jungle. However, it seems like the peace is really only for the wolves. (laughs) Like, I doubt some of the deer and the black buck, the, the blue bell a goat-like animal, uh, the bison. I have a whole list of animals that are native to that region of the world uh, from walkthroughindia.com. I doubt they are feeling the wild water buffalo. I doubt they are feeling like there's peace in the jungle. (laughs) They don't count. (laughs) Now, I think that bears are like fruitivores or something it says. I don't think bears... Thought bears are
1: omnivores.
0: Like they will eat meat occasionally, but they don't nope. but they're pretty happy on fruit and honey and or is honey just a cartoon thing? <laughs> I think it's just cartoon <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think they're 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 pretty happy with eating vegetation. Yeah. But I think they're technically omnivores. Someone can correct us if we're wrong.
0: Omnivorous. No, this website says they're omnivorous, yeah. the Himalayan bears. So I kind of want to see Mowgli maybe start to realize like his impact, and we're gonna get very circle of lifey here. Okay, but his impact on the whole kind of jungle ecosystem, and realize, and I there's a throwaway line, there's a quick line to explain it away from Bashiro when he's like, "We only hunt for food, we don't hunt to kill." Right. Okay, something we can get behind. I mean, most of us have been eating meat. Most of our lives, and I think we all kind of feel that same way, you know. It's something we eat. We don't like the killing part of it, but it's something we eat. So I think Mowgli, I think he needs to start learning. Maybe he starts to have interactions with, you know, a family of animals that are actually being hunted by the wolves. And kind of realizing uh, this balance that needs to be there. Maybe the wolves are overhunting. So maybe we tell that same story about conservation. The wolves are overhunting the forest but stick with that animal point of view Mm -hmm. and he really does have to bring peace and maybe (laughs) I feel feel like this Mowgli's like vegan journey or something like that, (laughs) that that I'm pitching here. (laughs) 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 So yeah, so that's what, that's what I'm pitching for a sequel. I, I, again, I, I, I like what you were thinking. You were thinking along the line of themes and I'm trying to think along of a line of a theme here too. And I know this is not as exciting or silly as some of the sequels <laughs> that we pitched in the past, but I think it's a good could be a good lesson from a sequel. Bogley <laughs> <Mowgli> goes vegan. <laughs> that takes us into quick picks. It's time to pick out those little things we want to shout out about this movie. It's time to give our nitpicks for this movie. What do you got for me this week in quick picks?
1: Don't have a ton, but the ones I do have are pretty solid, I think. First one's a biggie. Are there wolves in the jungle?
0: I am glad you asked that, sir, because <laughs> I did some research on all the animals that you could find. Like I said, all the animals that you could find in the Indian. These are the top 10 wild animals of India. Number one, Bengal tiger. Nice. Number two, the Indian elephant. We have a rhinoceros, lion, leopard, bear, Buffalo, okay, on and on and on, on and on and on. And then, even though it's a top 10 list, there's actually 20. And we get finally after cobras, crocodiles, black panthers. And I got to say, the picture on this website of this black panther is chilling. (laughs) (laughs) Are you going to be best friends with that? That guy? So cool looking. I'm definitely staying on his good side. Yeah. he is very cool looking. I think I would want to be best friends with that guy. Because
1: <laughs> he like, would make you look cooler just walking next to him.
0: What animal <laughs> were we talking about? That's are right. there Are there wolves in the jungle? And finally, right below honey badger, <laughs> is the Indian wolf. The Indian wolf is an intermediate-sized subspecies of gray wolf found in the Indian subcontinent. Himalayan wolf and Tibetan wolf are two other species of canid native to India. So there you go, the Indian wolf. But
1: are they in the jungles?
0: Yeah, I think. Oh, well, they're native to India. So, yeah, I'm. Get, they're not living in the villages. You don't know.
1: <laughs> they could be in Mumbai, solely in Mumbai, <laughs>
0: So living, there you in, go. living in apartments. That, that's what I got for you. All right. All right. I, I did want to look up all the animals. <laughs> and, 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 when we get to our lesson <laughs> a little bit later, I've got another animal lesson for you this week. All
1: right. What's your first quick
0: pick? I am tired of seeing Mowgli's origin story at this point it's like Batman's parents it's like Bruce Wayne's parents being killed like we've seen it. every movie does not have to have Bruce Wayne's parents be killed. We yeah. know that his parents are killed at a theater when he's a young boy and the pearls fall on the ground. we know the whole thing yep. I, at this point I'm, I'm feeling the same way about Mowgli. If someone else wants to tell a Mowgli story, just start the story with a boy. In the jungle. Like, we do not need to see his parents attacked. We know right. his parents are attacked and killed. Yeah. All right. We've been there. We've That's- done
1: that. <laughs> Fair. My next one was at least three or four times when they were doing some some wide-angle shots. There was some pretty solid, like, 80s saxophone action music happening. I was getting, like, a little, like, Ooh. like. Beverly Hills Cop it go.
0: <laughs> oh yeah,
1: but not not quite that that speed. It was like a slowed down Beverly Hills Cop. But there were definitely like three or four times I was like, "This is some nice '80s action." Like Mel Gibson's going to pop out somewhere or something.
0: <laughs> you know, they're in talks to do a fourth Beverly Hills Cop. Oh really? Yeah. If this if that falls through, and someone's listening to this like a year from now, and that falls through, I apologize. <laughs> For getting your hopes up but yeah I, I i hear they might be doing another one yeah so darren's know. meh on that idea <laughs> i i didn't pay attention to the soundtrack i gotta be honest i was totally locked in on the all visuals right. i didn't hear it all right i guess uh if i if i catch this again on netflix when the dog's out of the house sometime <laughs> I'll, I'll check that out all right uh my next uh my next question in quick picks here why does Mowgli not realize he's a man? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's pretty smart. He's gotta look at his skin. not that we should be judging people by their skin, <laughs> but he's gotta look at his skin and then look at his wolf brothers and their fur and their snouts, yeah, and look at man snouts, snouts, faces. <laughs> And I, I I feel like he's got to put an association together where he's like, I'm probably, I'm probably not a wolf. Yeah. I may be a man. So I
1: don't know how clear it is that he knows what man looks like until. He's he,
0: pretty close to their village. He's
1: Yeah. Maybe he does see them. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I agree. Whether, whether he realizes he's a, he's a man or not, you're like. Clearly, like, very not wolf.
0: <laughs> like acting like a wolf, running like a wolf, hunting like a wolf—all that's fine. But in the back of your, you know, in the back of your mind, you have to be a little realistic and go, "I'm—I'm I'm clearly something different."
1: <laughs> yeah, it's fair. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you.
0: <laughs> and this isn't like a lesson. Like, if you feel like you're different, you are different. This is like. You're a different species. You physically are something different.
1: <laughs> the next one I had was, I totally saw it coming, and I don't know if it's a thing. What do you, what, if this is a question. How do you feel about the, you think your enemy's dead, he's still alive situation well, in, they,
0: in general? They kept showing his eye. I knew it was coming. You always know
1: it's coming. <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm saying is, how do you. Because it seems to be a thing that'll never go away, how do you, you feel about the whole concept of it? I, I would don't you prefer, like it. Would you prefer them just to be dead when they're dead? Yes. Okay. I don't like it.
0: Okay. If they were fooling somebody, fine. But they're not fooling anybody. Yeah.
1: You always know it's coming.
0: Yeah. Pretty much.
1: Almost always. Yeah. All right. Fair enough.
0: What if they come back as a zombie?
1: <laughs> that would be a surprise. That's that fair? <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> Didn't see that coming.
0: All right, my next quick pick here. Why is Mowgli so confused about the line of secession for the wolf pack? Like, you think that would have come up in his puppy classes. Like, in elementary school, like, we learn, we know what happens if, like, the president dies. We know that the vice president then becomes the president. you think the line of secession would have been <laughs> gone over in elementary puppy elementary school are you, are school. you
1: blaming balu is that what you're saying yeah for being a bad teacher
0: he's so focused on military tactics yep. that he completely you know never taught government yeah
1: you know he got to teach, teach his soft skills too
0: yeah i mean Mowgli acts like he has no clue what's going on in that scene <laughs> when all the other wolves are like dude this is a thing law <laughs> of the jungle man we're doing the thing <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's fair now that i think about it it's actually (laughs) fair. there we go (laughs) the next one i had was do you think maybe if you're like on like american ninja warrior or something like that that you could actually beat a wolf in a race with the right strategy
0: oh with the right strategy
1: yeah because he like he clearly is like, he's essentially skipping parts of the, right? He's like, yeah. he's jumping around, going here to there, getting in front of them. Because yeah, I he,
0: think you could in the right environment. Okay. I mean, sliding down a tree to get to it, because they're coming down a cliff. Right. So he's, he's skipping the switchbacks a little. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you could. All right. In, in a field, in a straight race? No, I mean. No way. You'd be smoked. Yeah. 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 I can't even keep up with my dog at the dog park. Like, yeah. no, no way. <laughs>
1: That's all I have for a Quick Picks.
0: All right. I got, I got two more for you. Do you think you could grow up eating raw meat if you never had cooked meat?
1: Like taste or like nutrition?
0: Nutrition. Like do you think the human body can handle it?
1: I feel like you would get a disease. I feel like you would catch something.
0: So I, I did a little digging on the internet about this. And I found something on Forbes.com, but it looks like it was pulled off of Cuora. Is that how you pronounce it? Quora? I think it might be Quora. Quora, that uh, we can't eat raw meat. They they point at steak tartare as the example, a very lightly cooked or not cooked at all piece of steak. Right. But uh, we get less nutrients out of raw. We get we get more nutrients out of cooked meat, and cooked vegetables too. I think. However, it's really the bacteria, and. If you were to eat something immediately after it was killed, you would probably be okay. Right. But then the, the animals, that the reason animals can eat raw meat, the reason they don't have to cook it, is because they have way more acid in their stomach to dissolve the bacteria. And then they also can process the bones. So some of these animals bite right through the bone, not to gross anybody out too much here. but And then they can also process that. Which, actually, uh, they get a lot of calcium from. Makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, if you were a man-cub raised by wolves, you you probably could survive. You would just, like, have to eat fresh kills, like, yeah. every time. need that fresh meat. Yeah. Well, that's the gross portion of the No <laughs> Math Movies podcast. <laughs> All right, and my last one uh, has to do with the elephant and his missing tusk. Like... Mowgli gives him his tusk back and he like puts it back in place. I mean, like
1: we, like a Lego. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and like snaps back in. No, it's not how it works. He didn't, but he
1: doesn't have it on later. So maybe he was just like, oh, I want to see if this thing still fits. And it does.
0: Yeah. But I, I, I I agree. Yeah. But there's it, a there is a shot of it like reattached. Yeah. And, and there's then, a
1: clear like clicking sound.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me? almost like a like a machine clicking <laughs> in or something like that.
1: It w- yeah, it would have been fun if they did like a if he grabbed it and Mowgli maybe did like a little like vine wrap thing around, you know, like something more I don't know, jungly yeah. don't, or something that. like a
0: paste out of yeah, I don't know. tree sap and mud or something. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I got this week for quick picks. And it's time, Darren. It's time to learn a lesson here on the No Meth Movies Podcast. I feel like I learned so much. There's more to learn. Uh, there's more to learn because it was going to be a quick pick, and I decided to blow this out into a bigger segment because <laughs> my question is why are hyenas always portrayed as the losers in all of these animal movies? Like, they have such a bad reputation. I feel
1: like it's a – and you can correct me if I'm wrong because I know you've done the research and I have not. <laughs> I think it's – they're in that like class of of almost like scavenger like they're the ones that'll like once all the other animals are done with whatever kill or whatever died they're the ones that are coming there and like really take advantage of whatever is left and so they're like the scrappers they're like the they're the buzzards of the jungle
0: <laughs> right and that is the misconception so oh. I got an article here from nationalgeographic.com. So I feel like my source is pretty reliable <laughs> on this one. And it's some researchers uh, who are, say that the hyena has a serious PR crisis on its paws. <laughs> He's a PhD student at the uh, Lebanese Institute for Zoo and Wildlife Research in Germany. And uh, especially spotted hyenas, uh, which are native to Africa, they're pretty pretty intense animals, pretty awesome animals, and they actually get the kill a higher percentage of the time and feed first before the lions do even sometimes. Hmm. Sometimes they'll be seen hunting with wolves. They'll actually get along with wolves. Sometimes they'll even be accepted into their packs. Hmm. But it's always the hyena that goes first because their jaws are more powerful, and they can break through the bone and really get into animals that wolves can't bite into. Interesting. Not only that, they tend, they're actually, they've done incredible research on hyenas. They, the females are the alphas of the pack, and it's a very, like, monarch system where the offspring of the alpha will immediately become, like, second in command, like the next Hmm. to be the alpha. There's no challenge. She is the alpha of the pack. Interesting. Interesting. And uh, apparently, they're very great, good mothers, very good nurturers, and they play with their puffs. And uh, uh, apparently, they're fantastic animals. And they, for some reason, like you said, this this image of them being scavengers yeah. has created this really poor reputation for them yeah. in pop culture.
1: Yeah, and it's it's pretty interesting how, since this podcast is about movies, how a movie depicting something a certain way can really affect. Something especially that's foreign to most people can really play a big role in people's perception. So, I mean, I would, at least for me, my first exposure to a hyena was the Lion King. That's the first time I ever really, like, considered a hyena. Like, oh, it's that weird wolf thing laughing and it's mean.
0: Right. So, the (laughs) laugh comes from a sound they actually make it's sometimes a mating call sometimes it's just like a location thing like a marco polo thing like i'm over here yeah and it it does sound a little weird and so that's where and the hyena laugh is like even in shakespeare there's references to it like made me laugh like a hyena or something like that that i found from this article okay so yeah but it's it's interesting because like that's i'm
1: not saying that like disney knew it at the time that they were like but
0: it's a Disney schmear campaign right. against hyenas <laughs> right
1: right. but but like, in hindsight, you're like, oh, like a movie like that can like provide a perception for a lot of people about something that they're otherwise foreign to,
0: yeah, right yeah, yeah. and I mean, you had a very reasonable explanation for why you thought that thought they were scavengers, but I mean, it's, yeah. It's what pop culture has kind of led us to, and even in this movie, the reason it comes up is because in this movie the hyena is Shere Khan's like lackey, for lack of a better term.
1: Yeah, yeah, and does a lot of laughing and seems a little stupid and yeah, yeah.
0: There's flies buzzing around him. Yeah, and like stuff. His, he's yeah. always dirty. He's like the pig pen of the Mowgli world. It's like the, the Lyle of <laughs> is it li- Who's the no?
1: Who's the dirty one
0: in Peanuts? Pig Pen. Oh yeah, you yeah. already said it. Okay. <laughs> All right, Darren, that does it for the lesson. I didn't even take the time. There was so much to look up. I don't even have much trivia. I will tell you that uh, one piece of trivia here is that the characters of Boot and the hunter, John Lockwood, were both made up for this iteration of the movie. Mm. They're not from the book or from any other adaptations. Mm. So there's your one piece of trivia. Uh, apparently, the book featured a different hunter. Interesting. Named Baldio. I did like how
1: little we got exposed to the hunter and his story. Like we just got like just a taste, but I was happy about that because it made you not care as much when he got killed. You're just kind of like, ah, oh, he deserved it. Like you, you know, there's like no yeah investment you have in him. He's just like, Oh, he's just a hunter who drinks. right? <laughs> just yeah, like, like they, they could have, they certainly had the opportunity because he's the one that, is holding Mowgli at first. They had an opportunity that they could have developed him more, but they chose not to.
0: All right, Darren, that takes us to the point in the show where we have to decide once and for all, Mowgli, Legend of the Jungle. Is it a good movie or is it a bad movie?
1: I was uh, flying by the seat of my pants here and I did not make a decision ahead of our talk. And I decided, because I was very torn, so I decided, you know what, I'm going to decide the last second after we talk it out.
0: Ooh, I like this. I like the, the, where this is going.
1: <laughs> after we talk it out, is this a good movie or a bad movie? And in the end, I decided this is a good movie. I think that it had a lot of issues for me. I, like I, we talked about the violence, the, the direction they took the movie based on where it started and what people were used to. But... I think as if you look at it as like a standalone movie and you can't look at it at the context of like, oh, you know, this other iteration came out recently and they did this or that. If you look at it like its own standalone movie, I think it's a pretty good movie. It's it's entertaining. Uh, there's a lot of action, you know, watching it as a 34 year old man, like violence and gore. Don't bother me. Gore is not really a fair word. Violence and like blood and stuff. Don't bother me. So, yeah, so I I was I was definitely entertained and engaged by the movie, interested to see what was going to happen. And I thought that the animation and the mocap stuff, even if not like perfect, was good enough. And I thought the animals looked pretty cool and it was visually interesting. So in in the end, I was I was definitely happy that I watched it. Maybe I would have been a little mad if I if it did have a theatrical release and I paid, you know, 10, 12 bucks to go see it. Maybe I would have been like, "Eh, I don't know if it was really worth it. But as a Netflix release and as a movie I could just kind of turn on and get to know, I thought it was a good movie.
0: So despite as much as I talk about the 2016 Jungle Book and the other Jungle Book, this this is not a versus show. Right. Right? That's not the point of this podcast. And I know we do it a lot with some of these movies <laughs> because it gives context to the things yeah, we're talking about. Yeah, you have about. to talk about it, yeah. But standing alone on its own, this movie, was it a good movie or was it a bad movie? I'm going to agree. I think this is a good movie. I was entertained from beginning to end. I was locked in with what was happening. Like I said, the music, you know, missing the music and all that kind of faded away. From a technical standpoint, what they accomplished here is amazing. Even though it's a different take on it and it's dark and it's gritty, I think it's a pretty solid movie from beginning to end and you know we always come up with fails and we always have nitpicks and that's why these movies end up as meh and we understand that but i think yeah if you're gonna sit down and watch something on netflix this weekend and you kind of want to go for a fun journey and your dog is sleeping upstairs <laughs> then uh, go for it pop on Mowgli and uh have yeah have a have a fun adventure yeah all right Well, Darren, that does it for this week's show. Coming up next week, it's a movie that I thought about when I first pitched you the idea for this show, (laughs) because I knew that there was a new Star Wars movie coming out. When isn't there
1: a new Star Wars (laughs) movie?
0: This is going to be our last one for a few years, and technically they're saying this ends the Skywalker saga. Oh, dang. So in honor of Star Wars coming out next week, now we already did a Star Trek movie, I we didn't feel like going back to the well that soon, and maybe one day we'll get to the earlier Star Wars movies, the prequel Star Wars movies, but I wanted to take a movie that I remember seeing... I remember seeing this in the 90s, and we're going back to our favorite year, 1999. <laughs> it's a Freddie Prince Jr. movie. and Such a dreamboat. When I remember seeing it, I remember thinking this movie is trying so hard to be Star Wars. So it felt like the perfect choice to pair with Star Wars this week for our show. It's not available to stream anywhere, so we're going to be renting it from YouTube probably, or <laughs> iTunes, or Voodoo. We're, gonna, a,
1: we're going to patronize our local, family-owned, somehow-still-surviving video store.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe. It might be the way to go this week. It's a 10% on Rotten Tomatoes, but a 4.3 on IMDb, which qualifies it as a meth movie. I'm talking about 1999's Wing Commander. And who else is in it? It's Freddie Prinze and who? It's Freddie Prince Jr. It's Saffron Burroughs. Mm. Uh, she plays uh, Lieutenant Commander Angel Devereaux Ooh. and Matthew Lillard.
1: Matthew Lillard. That's who I was trying to think of. I, yeah. knew, there was an, I knew there was another notable one, more, more notable one in there.
0: And I feel like there's going to be some other 90s faces that might pop up in this movie that we might recognize. Sure. So there you go. That's the movie for next week. In honor of Star Wars, we're doing wing commander just as i'm sure director chris roberts envisioned all the way back in 1999 <laughs> thanks for listening please subscribe rate and review the show on whatever podcasting app you are listening on you can follow us on twitter at no meth movies you can follow me on twitter at davy barris Let us know what you thought of the show. Leave a review. It really helps us out. Tell your friends about it. Spread the word. Let's build the no meh movies audience and build a community of meh movie fans. (laughs) Thanks for supporting the show, everyone. And the next time your friends ask about a movie, take a stance and tell them if the movie is good or bad. Because on this show, there are no meh movies.
1: That's going to start being my answer for everything. That we know of. Because <laughs> You can't argue it. <laughs> what if this world existed beyond these 90 minutes
0: <laughs>
1: that we know of?
0: <laughs> all right. I think you just solved all our quick picks then. <laughs>